Uh, hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Talking with Andrew and Chris. And I guess that means that I'm Chris. And I'm. Wait. Oh, sorry guys. I forgot. He usually starts these things. I'm so thrown off. I'm Andrew. You are Andrew, the main host, and I'm Chris, your your loyal and faithful co-host who will forever follow you into the depths of the podcasting abyss. Right. And speaking of that, <laughs> we've got another great episode for you. His name is Wes Anderson, and he makes music, not movies, and the music is really good. Trust me. Basically, if you are going to get all hung up on this whole movie thing, get over it, because the music is just as good as the films, if not better. If not. And I was a film school student who dropped out, which means I actually am legit at film, because I didn't get my degree. That's right. Because he dropped out because he realized that he had known, he had gathered all the uh, knowledge he needed. Right. So trust us when we say that there is a lot to unpack in this episode. And yeah, be remiss if you go into it under a blinder, because let me tell you, this guy does a little bit of everything. Yeah, this guy, you know, name jokes aside, he's been through the ringer, he's been in a bunch of bands, he's doing his own solo thing, so he's seen the ins and outs of, you know, trying to make it on your own in this industry, so he's got a lot of knowledge to impart, and we are the selfish hosts that we are, we, we wrung him dry like a sponge. Exactly, and and he actually was super honest and open, and honestly took us to places that... I normally wouldn't have even have pushed to about his creative process and, and sort of like just how it all works. And, and so I think there's a lot to be learned from this one. And and I think there always is really. We That's sort of like the vision of this show. But especially in this episode, uh, Wes was very forthcoming and we, we really appreciate him letting us into uh, his process so, yeah. so in-depthly. I don't know about you, Chris, but I'm definitely going to take all this knowledge and put it back into our band, The Stash. Yeah, um, I think you're not wrong in saying that. I hadn't really put two and two together, but that sounds like a good idea. So Right, because, I mean, we have a band called The Stash, and we're on all the social medias, at The Stash NY. We're on all the DSPs, The Stash. So I just figured if we could use what he said in our band, The Stash, then it'd probably be pretty good. Yeah, and that's NY as in New York. And you know what also takes place in New York, aside from our band? Um, I got nothing. This podcast, Andrew, the oh, one that you're the main host of. I'm literally sitting in New York right now doing this. Typical talent, right, Right, everyone? Anyways, basically, guys, you know, we're, we're joking around right now, but uh, we, we only tell you about it every week because both of these things matter to us. Um, so if you would not mind following our podcast any place that you can, it's on all of the social medias, at Talkin' Podcast, T-A-L-K-I-N, no G, but all Gs are welcome course and uh with that being said if you want to leave a review or follow us on spotify or apple podcasts i mean hey that helps and it is christmas if you don't have anything to get us because well you know we're not asking for anything aside from yeah, this is a free podcast yeah this is a free podcast so if, if you don't mind if you want to spread a little cheer sort of like how we're doing with that pretty cool dog ad at the beginning of the show which we're not getting paid for i just really love pups so i want to say that again i love pups yeah, so if you love pups as much as we love pups, subscribe. Yeah, if you love dogs, if you are an animal lover, this is the podcast for you because we never talk about them, but we love them. We love them. Uh, I mean, let's leave our pups out of this. They didn't ask to be on the podcast, and, and so we, we brought them into it a little bit. But with that being said, we have a great episode for you guys today. We're, we're thrilled about it. We're obviously getting a little silly here. I think we're all hopped up. Uh, my mom made some cookies for us uh, before the podcast. Tis the season, so the sugar's running through our veins, and I think it's got our, our heads a little silly here right now. But uh, with that being said, this is this is a very grounded episode, not like this intro you're getting. And um, I honestly just, have no idea how we got to this intro. Yeah, me neither. But you know what? <laughs> it happened. I think it's great. Um, I'm having fun doing it. And you know what I also have fun doing? What? Listening to some music. Let's jump into a song right here. Okay, can it be a Wes Anderson song? Yeah. Perfect. It's Which a Wes one? Anderson song. This is One for One by Wes Anderson on Talking with Andrew and Chris. Enjoy. Uh. My man Wes Anderson in the building. Hey! Peanut on bass. Uh. Lyrics born on vocals. I was raised in a single room cabin in the back alley. Single pair of pants, single white female, single parent. Every single night, dinner with Ben. Now that's magic, crap, singles, bread, jam together. That's a jam sandwich. Rules are matter, but damn it, I hand tell them, stretch down and reach forward like a Mr. Fantastic. Fast forward a couple decades, a couple tax brackets, all is on me. What's going on, guys? And welcome back to yet another episode of our show. Today we're joined by the one and only 
Wes Anderson. Wes, what's the going on, The only Wes Anderson. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've noticed as uh, I get new listeners, uh, they still think it's a movie director who's doing some sort of side project. So, so, so thought about you... getting like a t-shirt made that says like not the director or something, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. I mean, I feel like there's an opportunity there. You just need to learn how to spin it. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I've been waiting. For, I've been still like working on and crafting like my my witty, smart ass response to uh, people who are like, "Oh, are you the director?" But uh, yeah, I don't know. Still working on it. I think what you need to do is like you. Eat, I mean, the dream would be to collab with the director Wes Anderson and be like movie Wes yeah. Anderson music by Wes Anderson and everyone would be like wow no dub but then he'd be like wait what another one yeah or I feel like if you can figure yeah. out a real creative way to do like a like a like a like the album artwork is like some sort of movie poster or something and it just says like music by Wes Anderson but like in the same font that he always does <laughs> that's like fucking awesome I think it'd be pretty sick Thank now you. that's that's pretty good. I like that. I, I, that's, I might, I might take concept that. album. You know, Wes Anderson goes to the movies <laughs> or something. I don't know. Wow, Wes goes to the movies. That's, that's that's free. You can have that. This is this is so meta. I love it. <laughs> so so, dude, listen. Um, we don't really know too much about you. You know, we're we're really glad you reached out. Obviously, like uh, we said before, we officially started casting here. Um, that's that shorthand for podcasting for anyone out there who... Uh, oh, I had no idea what you were saying. Yeah, well, see, that's why I'm glad I cleared it up. But, you know, we, we obviously have a few mutual people in common, but we, we've never met before. We've This is our first time speaking, and, and so, like, like, take us back, you know? Like, like paint the picture. Because, like, honestly, we don't know. Like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> who is Wes Anderson? Man, how much time you got? <laughs> roughly an hour. Yeah, roughly no. four, 45 minutes to an hour. No, um... Yeah, so I'll try to give you the condensed uh, timeline history. But um, so actually, I, I've been end of the year. I always reflect a lot, and um, I realized next month, January, will be the ten year mark of me uh, actually doing like a, a pretty serious pursuit of uh, I don't know if career is the right word, but just uh, pursuit of music into something into a more professional level, not just uh, as much of a hobby. So whatever that, it is we're all doing, I don't know if there's yeah. a word for it, but I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, there's yeah, yeah it's kind of an amorphous <laughs> way to put it. But Either way, congratulations like for almost 10 years. Yeah, man. Way yeah. to take the plunge, dude. That's that's inspiring. Yeah, Sounds so, like you're a lifer. <laughs> yeah, for better or worse. But um, yeah, so 10 years ago, I was living in Chicago, actually. It was shortly after I graduated from school. Um, I got, I moved there for a job. So I was doing more of the corporate route, but I did find some guys, um, out there because I figured like Chicago is a big scene, really good music scene. So, uh, I actually joined a Craigslist band and, um, surprisingly worked out well for the time I was in it and I'm still friends with the guys. And, um, that really kind of sparked my re that like reignited my, my passion and flame for music. And after a couple years of doing corporate, style work i was kind of realizing that wasn't really my fit either and music just seemed to be a better step but um so that band ran its course for about two years some personnel issues got in the way of our growth and i kind of wanted to take the next step and see if i could like sort of find something else and um found these i i had known about this band um when i was already in chicago which it was now my former band called fiction 20 down and they were looking for a guitarist, hit them up, talked to Jordan, the singer, for a while. And then, uh, long story short, I, I quit my corporate job in Chicago, moved to Maryland, uh, joined this band, Fiction 20 Down, which was like a reggae rock band. And I was on the road. We were already doing a tour in like two weeks after I moved out here. So it, things really moved fast, and it was a really crazy time. Um, but, so we did that, um, touring and recording and releasing music. For about four years and then with the same members we changed line uh changed our sort of sound and brand i guess to big infinite um which was just a more alternative indie style vibe it was just kind of seemed to make sense with the style of music we were writing and then um that was lasted about two years and then more so to the present uh in 2018 i started releasing my own singles and left the band um we're still friends it was all good it was just kind of some guys started having kids, different lifestyle changes, what have you. And um, where I was going and where I wanted to go musically, I just it just seemed like the right time to go solo and just kind of really take a lot of ideas I've had over the years and 
uh, musical aspirations and goals and just kind of have put it all under, under my wing. So that's what I've been doing the last, last, um, I don't know, maybe 18 months now. Um, now I'm performing live again and, um, releasing singles still with like different guest artists, a lot of whom you've had on the podcast. So it's, it's the, it's kind of more of a producer project than anything because I write the music, I co-produce the songs, and then I also collaborate with different producers. And then I don't play drums, I don't sing, so I get you know different artists depending on the the vibe of the song. And uh, it's been awesome, man. It's uh, it's been so much fun, and um, being able to work with the the caliber of artists that I have is just really encouraging and excited to see uh, where else I can take it. Yeah, man, no, that's uh, that's that's quite a journey, dude. Uh, you know, I mean, I I went from uh, upstate New York to Brooklyn, and I thought that was like the craziest thing ever. But let alone, uh, you know, going across like half a country. Um, hats off to you for that, and right. and for Thank seemingly you. being able to make it work. Now, I, I do still have a question though. So you're Chicago born and raised. Actually, I'm Ohio born and raised. <laughs> Ohio born and raised. All right, almost so, the same thing. So have you ever played Overwatch by any chance? Uh, what's it called? Overwatch. It's like that Blizzard game. I am not. If someone All doesn't right. know what Overwatch's Blizzard game is, not the way to describe okay. it. Okay. Well, Blizzard. It's, it's a team-based uh, first-person shooter game. So, ah, okay. anyways, in that game, there's a character who like can reverse and like go out of positions, and she can do it three different times. So I feel like you took us back like one of those reverses, but like I'm looking for like two more. Like you started in Ohio, right? Like like what did you grow up listening to? And then where was like the thought process like to get to Chicago? You know what I mean? Like 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 let's just zoom out even further before we dive okay. in, if that makes sense. You know? Re- real quick before you answer though, Chris, that was a great job incorporating Overwatch into a question about where did you come from before living in Chicago? I never no, thought anyone could put those things together. Hey man, I'm trying I to get that uh, soldier skin right now, so it's all that's on my mind. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I haven't heard of that game, but I totally understand that analogy, so well done. Good for you. You sound very productive. Yeah, <laughs> I wish I was too busy to know about video games. Yeah, me too. But uh, um, yeah, man, if, if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to know, like, yeah, sort of, yeah, like so starting it, out in Ohio and, and how you end yeah. up in a reggae band. Yeah, yeah. So, like, to go way back, um, I got my first guitar on Christmas when I was 10 years old, so I will I will be hitting my uh 23 year mark on christmas of playing guitar which is Mm, i'm also a a 10 year older who got a guitar (laughs) nice (laughs) nice that's a the good turn of your own decade you know it's a good gift yeah yeah like i I don't know how old you guys are but like it's kind of scary to think about at this point that like i've been doing something for two-thirds of my life and i'm like wow i'm getting older yeah we're about like 25 how about you okay i'm 33 okay so similar wheelhouse Um, i suppose yeah. Um, but yeah, so I've been playing ever since then. And really the, the, the one inspiration that got me into wanting to play guitar in the first place uh, was 311, which is no surprise based on who you guys talk to probably. And, uh, you yeah, know, it's like a throwback to, to last week's episode with uh, Nick. Yeah, you're definitely not <laughs> yeah. the first person to mention 311. But, but hey, man, Voyager yeah. was one of my albums of the year. They're great. So I, I do Oh, cool. Yeah, them. yeah. I mean, they're, they're kind of like the godfathers of, of the the genre i think just because of you know so many reasons but yeah so that that was really the spark and then i started taking lessons right away and um in high school i started playing in a band and we were we did start doing some clubs this is in toledo ohio this is where i grew up toledo okay so we started playing uh some clubs in in toledo but then uh we kind of went, went off to college and you know started that next chapter of our life but i would say in high school is when i really started to branch out into more uh, genres like I've always been a big metalhead, so uh, and then punk and reggae, uh, jazz. What are some uh, What are some like metal and, and, and punk bands? I just want to see if we're on the same page with those. Yeah, so um, you know I'm a '90s kid, so a lot of these metal bands might be a little like new metal ish, but like Slipknot, still to this day one of my favorites. Dude, top uh, ten albums of the year that they just dropped. They're bro. one of the greats. Yeah, that album was like. I was really happy they put that out. Maggots. Um, <laughs> like Pantera uh, is okay. up there. Um, you know, I, I got down with like Corn and. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're with you. We're with you. We're following. Like, you I, I'm, I, I would say I'm, I'm an unabashed new metal listener. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, Limp Biscuit, I still jam break stuff when I'm at the gym and I want to like Dude, pop up songs. One of the like, greatest I'll, 100 songs ever written. I'm, you can quote <laughs> me on that. Yeah, yeah. And I'll quote you. But, um, 
<laughs> yeah, like some other metal acts like Seven Dust. Uh, I was big into Taproot. They were like grew up pretty close to where I did. Okay, um, so you had that more, local inspiration type thing going on there. Yeah, and some more like death metal stuff like Mashuga, Morbid Angel, Cannibal Corpse. Um, All right, that's where I can't follow you as much, damn. but I have no hate for it. It just that that wasn't my side of the metal. Then I, I sort of took a right turn and found like the metal core, like oh, okay. uh, <laughs> side of things. So it happens. I feel like there's usually a division. You either turn left or right, and you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. You either go further down or you kind of start circling yeah, you, the drain it's at the kind top. Of like um, like a Venn diagram. Like you have those bands, like the Slipknots and the Panteras in the middle. That like if you're into metal, you kind of like, if you don't like them. Right, right. The universal, the universals. And then, and you have like the, yeah. So what about the punk side of things before we uh, get back to uh, Toledo? Yeah. So the punk side of things, the first rock concert I ever saw uh, in eighth grade was Goldfinger. So that, oh, oh, shit, that's amazing. Oh man, that must've been awesome. That's such a cool flex for a first concert. That's so cool. Yeah. Like game changer. It was like in the year, I think it was the year 2000. I was like 14 years old and it was a small shitty club in Toledo. Uh, probably held like 300 people maybe. And it was just packed and it was just so crazy and so much fun. Do you remember who else played besides Goldfinger? Uh, one band I know that opened was called, um, sellout. Okay. They're probably great. I don't know. Um, (laughs) At least they didn't sell out. No, I'm sorry. I totally botched it. Show off. Show off. Show off. Okay. Not familiar with I have with no idea if they're still around or not, but... Um, I'm well, sure they're tight they, either way. They opened, for, they opened for Goldfinger in 2000, so they were at least at one point doing pretty yeah. cool things. So, yeah, so I, Goldfinger I in 2000 um, was... So Hung Up was already released, right? Or, or was that not out yet? Uh, so I, I think they were touring in support of Stomping Ground. Okay, so then you had all the hits already at that point. It was a great first concert. Yeah. <laughs> if you, as long as you heard Superman live, that's really all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I don't know if, like who has it, but there is a Polaroid photo that exists of me and my buddy uh, with John Feldman. And my buddy was like, is, was like six, four in eighth grade and just this lanky. And we had like frosted tips, hair, I had like glasses and braces. And it's like an all time photo. I, I hope I can find it someday. Did you but, find it? We'll post it on the podcast page. It sounds I, incredible. It. That's got to yeah, be the, the photo we use for the, the thumbnail of this episode. Yeah, if you can, honestly, if you can find that, that'd be funny, but this does have to go out today, so if you can't, don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's awesome, man. So Goldfinger was your first concert. What, did your like, dad or, or mom drop you off at that or your friend's parents? Yeah, yeah that's kind of how we rolled was um, oh, our yeah. parents would take, take turns dropping us off and picking us up and like... Um, Another awesome concert I saw in the year 2000 uh, was Pantera, Soulfly, Morbid Angel, um, all on one show. And the next single I'm releasing uh, has the drummer of the opening band of that show. It was a, a band called Nothing Face. They're from Maryland. Um, they they were kind of like they were on like Ozfest 01. So that could give you an idea of like what they sounded wow. like. Damn, back when Ozzy used to headline that shit too. Yeah, so that's, that's kind of crazy. Like, that's a yeah, sick they're flex. from Maryland, and I played it. I played in a side project with him a, a couple of years back, and so it's just kind of that's like a really crazy, like full circle moment where like I was just I'm say. this eighth, eighth grader watching this band uh, at the sports arena, and then like now we're doing a song together and play together and stuff like that. Amazing, but, uh, man! So you're you're a punk rock kid. You're growing up. Your parents are dropping you off at shows. You got your first guitar when you're ten, and you're in Toledo. So how do we get to Chicago? And then you know. We already know how you got to Maryland, but how did we get to Chicago and all that? Yeah, so um, Chicago was just more of like after college, just looking for a job. Um, I graduated from school from Ohio University in 2009. I was actually a finance major, which is the least punk rock thing ever. But (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty uh, true, but hey, man. Fuck (laughs) the man, you're not using your degree, so that's actually super punk rock if you think about it. Yeah, 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 to leave the corporate gigs. But yeah, like... 08, 09 was a really tough time for the economy and especially for entry level like finance students. So Ohio was just like a lost cause as far as finding a job. And I didn't really want to go back to Toledo because there isn't much there for me. Um, So Chicago was kind of like Midwest. I had some friends out there that already graduated like before me at school. So they were looking for a roommate and I told them I was down if they found a spot and they did. And, uh, got a job and ended up working out there for a couple of years and i still love chicago that's like one of my favorite cities in, in the country if not the 
my favorite, but. So really yeah, the so move was, uh, it was kind of out of necessity rather than just like, uh, it was, it wasn't just to like experience something new. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But it ended up working out that it's just an awesome city and like work. I worked a few months and I was like, I got to do something else. So I started looking out for bands and stuff and quickly found my band and we played, I don't know if you guys have ever played Chicago, but I was able to, we played like bottom lounge, elbow room, Reggie's live. I don't know. Some like really oh, bottom lounge is sick. Yeah, like some really iconic Chicago venues. So like to have those on on the bucket or like on the checklist of venues played is is pretty cool. Yeah, man, that that's cool. So you really started touring and sort of like stretching your uh, your sea legs, if you will, while in Chicago. Then with the band you found. Yeah, like yeah, we did. Yeah, we did some regional stuff like okay. Indiana, Ohio. But uh, I mean, Chicago itself is just like such a big scene too that you could, you could really just like spend maybe even years just just building up that one city it's great for punk rock I, I don't know what kind of music you were making out there but uh there's there's surely a lot of punk rock that's been killing it from chicago and at least this past decade yeah yeah we um we had some punk elements it was like kind of in the reggae rock realm but it was kind of like we i would say we sounded like ballyhoo but maybe a little heavier nice okay um but yeah we did reggie's which is a, a pretty big punk venue on the south side of chicago um, uh, hell yeah, man. So, ha so like, all right. So now we kind of, I feel like we kind of have enough of like your background to sort of dive in and really sort of pick apart like what you're doing right now, right? So like, sure, sure. you're from Ohio, and you gravitate towards reggae. I think I gotta ask, how does that happen? Because I mean, it's kind of, and obviously reggae is everywhere, and I just think it's it's yeah. fun to like hear about people who are like also really good at reggae that aren't just from a coast. Right, because we, because <laughs> I know? feel like it's like half of the people we've spoken to that are in the reggae scene are also from or live in Maryland. Yeah, that, that's true. Yeah. And like, even yeah, that I'll... by itself is like, what are the odds of that? Right, what <laughs> are the odds of that? Yeah, um, I would say 311 is probably what, what introduced me to reggae. And I think um, if it were anyone else, I don't know if I would have um, really sunk my teeth into reggae as much because um, I've always been more of like a heavy, heavy rocker type dude, but. Um, so yeah, so um, that I would say that's what got me into reggae was like the 311 and how they were able to incorporate it with other styles of music, and then from there, kind of dove into the real like more history of it, like like Bob Marley obviously and Steel Paul, and, mm -hmm. um, Gregory Isaacs, and you know like real authentic like like reggae. Uh, roots Roots reggae, I think, like, is what they call it. Like where they invented reggae. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, so, speaking of which, there's a great documentary on Netflix. Uh, the Bob Marley documentary sort of talks about like how reggae sort of came to be before they go into like his life. So you know, if you're interested in the history, man, I think it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I nerd out. Those, yeah, I nerd out on those Netflix docs all the time. Yep, mm -hmm. they're very inspiring. But but that's cool. So sort of like 311 was the uh, the, the gateway the drug yeah, for yeah, exactly. uh, reggae. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would say so, and like hip hop for that, for that matter. I'm pretty big into hip hop too. Okay, yeah, no, th there's definitely crossovers and stuff. Uh, if you look at like Kali Buds and whatnot, so I can see that. Right, I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Hell yeah, man! So Maryland, you're sort of starting over again. H how old are you when you get there? And and this time, I mean, unless. I'm mistaken. It, it seems like you don't sing on your Wes Anderson original music. I'm sure you compose nope. it, and I'm sure that you're you're a big part of the entire process. But yeah, so you don't you don't sing. So how have you been able to get the traction you've had in this very unique sort of way? Because obviously we have producer projects. It's 2019, and people record stuff in their bedroom. And you're not even the first reggae artist we've spoken to who records stuff with other people. Right, but you're also, but you are like the first artist in the reggae vein who like doesn't sing on their own tracks because True. mostly producers these days who do that are like Kygo or like the Chainsmokers, you know? Like DJs. Right. DJs can get away with that. But how are you navigating this and making it work? Is, is I think how are you getting away with this <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah man I, I would really credit just like the previous 10 years uh, of experience uh, to credit how I'm able to do it now just because of uh, recording experience and produce like just really like having the, that, those years of experience of, of song development of recording processes working with different studios and different like engineers and, and learning from them and seeing how they do it and just taking all those bits and pieces over the years and just, you know, putting it in a way where like 
okay, I can do this on my own and I, and I don't need a band. So um, I, have a, I have a guy here in Baltimore who's like really talented. He's uh, he's my main producer and engineer and he um, is a really good musician too. So like working with him on the first song was really uh, useful and helpful because he kind of, I have like, as time goes on, I usually come into the studio with a more complete song. But uh, for the first one I did with Howie, from Ballyhoo, I, I had more just like a hook, some riffs, um, and a vision of the song, and he was able to help put it together. So just being resourceful and finding the right people uh, for the right song. And then from there, once I have a demo, um, then it's easier to, to find the different people to get on board. So like Howie was the first one to get on board, and I've, I've been friends with those guys for some time now, living in Maryland and having mutual friends and all that. So that was a really easy sort of like transition from band to solo project and um i I don't i'm sure you guys know howie but he's just like the most supportive and helpful dude that you could ever like have on your team so that 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 was a really good like first step into to the solo uh realm yeah no one thing that he said um I, i think it was like on his podcast or something one time i was listening to it it's like with his like label like right coast records like he wants to help out everyone he can but you got to prove that you're like working hard and obviously we all know that he's like a workhorse i think he might be the hardest working person i've ever personally met right yeah i I think i could agree with that as well and so i think that you know the fact that he was willing to collaborate with you and you know like help you out i think that 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 already should speak to anyone listening to your work ethic and, and your drive so yeah i guess i should i should caveat that like a member of ballyhoo current or former has been on every one of my singles so i would i would just say maybe how do i pull this off i guess i should just say ballyhoo that might be the more accurate <laughs> sure but, yeah uh, i mean yeah, the maryland scene donald, scene seems to be strong yeah their their drummer donald has done drums on like three of my songs now and how he sang on two and then on the last one jr their former bassist uh hopped on the bass so um but that being said i do intentionally try to branch out and work with uh, different artists from different backgrounds. Cause like, I honestly, I wouldn't, I don't even know if I put out a reggae song. I think the most recent one has a reggae influence because of Marlon Asher. He's a reggae singer. Um, so I, I think that's pretty fair. And some of the guys I do work with live in the reggae world, but um, yeah. So uh, I don't even know where I was going with that, but. Well, I'm no, stuck. you know, I actually have a question about your process, right? So, so how does the writing process work? Do you first get the guest vocalist on board and then you write a song around their style? Or is this sort of like, you're going to write music because that's obviously what you do. That's what we do. We're also in a band and, you know, you just can't stop writing once you, it's like a drug. You get into it and it yeah. just, it consumes you. So is it more so that like the song finds the artist or, or you find the artist, then you write the song? Uh, the song so far has always come first. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's usually just me jamming at home or on the couch or whatever. And I'll sit on it for a while. And then like the, then I, the, if, then if it's a song I, I want to turn into a single, then I just start cutting a demo. And um, usually once I have like a, a rough demo, then, then I'll start thinking of guest artists. So it's really the song always comes first. And then from there, um, based on like how I develop my vision of the song and the vibe I want, then I'll start like thinking about uh, guest artists. But so far, I would say the majority have been either like friends of mine, like the Ballyhoo guys, or or I know through some degree of, of uh, separation. Like So like, you know, it as time goes on, I think I'm branching out into more people that I don't know personally. Uh, which is cool because that's kind of means the project is growing and like, you know, getting bigger. So, uh, yeah, the song always comes first. And then from there, I'll, I'll think about guest artists. Okay. That makes sense. I feel like that is the, the best way to put out the most authentic or, or genuine product too. So agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I would say that was the right answer, man. but uh no on a more on a more serious note um so like how 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 do you see this project developing and growing and like what are the aspirations with it because because like i said this is it's not that this is not being done right now i just don't see this being done in the rock world at all so you are very much sort of like um the elephant in the room so so to speak yeah totally in a good way though you know no yeah which is different uh, yeah that's why i think um it's been going 
so much better than any other musical project I've done in my life. Because uh, I think like there, I'm kind of I'm I'm hopefully creating my own lane. But in the future, um, hopefully people start paying me to work with them instead of the other way around, um, or or like bands start hitting me up to like help help develop their songs or uh you know give them ideas which is started like on a smaller level is is already happening some some friends of mine are are starting to hit me up about wanting to get my guitars on their songs or whatever but um yeah i just hope i can keep growing it and like cover new ground new genres new collaborators um and just see where it can go and then something uh one other like offshoot of this project that i launched this summer is um finally playing live again so which is an even more different and harder to explain but it's a hybrid dj instrumental set so um it's something i can do solo still just kind of like these songs but in a different format so i'm playing guitar and synthesizer over backtracks and beats uh through my laptop and um so i've been able to do some cool shows already with that i'm playing in, uh i think you said you're in brooklyn i'm actually playing the knitting factory this saturday um which i'm excited for and then I've, i open up for ballyhoo for their halloween show i've opened up for 311 singer side project in dc this fall um and some other cool stuff so i hope to keep growing that too and you know tour more and, and play out more because that's kind of like you have to do like it yeah it's fun being like the producer and like behind the scenes guy but like i still like performing and this is just sort of a way for me to do that without having the confines of a band. Right. Do you ever get to perform live with any of the guys that you've like collaborated on songs with, like any of the vocalists or anything like that? Uh, not yet. Um, so like I've done some shows where I have live performers join me. Like I've had the singer of my old band join me, who's a rapper, because some of the beats are kind of like hip hop influenced. So I've had him and like a percussionist join me just as like a live performer, like live guest performer. Um, I, for the Halloween show with Ballyhoo, I thought about asking them, but they, they do a big Halloween show every year. I don't want to like, I, I felt like lucky enough to just get the opening slot. So I didn't really want to, you know, take more, more of their time away, but maybe if like we toured together and like we were on the road for a month and we could work it out, but we'll see. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Are you, so, I mean, it seems like performing live is obviously on your radar. You're, you're doing it. And so with that being said, like... Are you, will we ever get a Wes Anderson song where you're singing? You know, because <laughs> how, how are you going to pull this off live? Like, let's say you did a tour, you know, and, and you put out like maybe 10 more songs and you're still not singing on any of those songs, you know, like how do you plan on translating that? Yeah, so that's, that's definitely a challenge that I'm figuring out. But um, that's kind of why the, it, the live show is like totally separate from the singles. So I'm not really playing any of my singles through the backtracks. It's more of like, uh, a DJ experience where it's so like most obviously most DJs don't sing so um, I just try to give it a little more live feel by playing guitar and synthesizer and you know we do a little more than just like pushing buttons and stuff like that okay uh, that, that makes sense and I think you know you're pretty lucky to be doing this in like 2019 <laughs> oh yeah it certainly uh, it certainly makes technology it definitely lends itself yeah to make this easier. oh yeah and I'm I'm not really like a gearhead, so it's been a learning curve. But like, you know, it, it's it is a great time because there's so many tools out there that are cheap and that you can learn easily. So yeah, it's definitely a great time to, uh, you know, if you don't have a band or you don't sing, there's still there's still ways and avenues you can you can achieve what you want. Right. Totally. Speaking of. You have this new single out, Keep Them Talking, and you've got Marlon Asher and King Green on them. They're both vocalists, right? Correct, correct. So how did you get in touch with them? And why aren't they part of the live band? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm oh, sure they have their own projects. Basically, what I think Andrew's asking is, we're actually not familiar with them, so why don't you walk us through the process of like how this song came to life and, and, and just talk about the song in general as a whole? Yeah, didn't I say Yeah, that? yeah, so... Yeah, yeah in a sense. <laughs> you said it in a sense. Yeah, this is an example of like where the vocalist I didn't really know personally. So this has been new territory for me. Um, for Green, um, I was at, they played a show here in um, Maryland at a festival like two falls ago. 
And um, that was around, the, it was right around the time I just released a song with uh, Peanut from 311 and a guy named Lyrics Born. So that's a pretty good, like, credibility, like, introduction to, like, use when you're meeting new people. So I just introduced myself after the show. I was like, hey, dude, I'm writing and producing songs. And I get guest artists. Just did this song with these guys. Um, would love to work with you if we can, if I have a right song. Like, is it cool if I send you some demos? And he was just like, yeah, send me something. And then um, I made a demo and sent it to him and, and he got on board. Wow, um, simple as that. So so basically what you just told me is that in-person communication still happens and here's the caveat, is still effective in 2019? It is so much more effective than anything else for sure. Wow, um, that doesn't sound yes. right. So like all those books I just rendered from the library about the power of the DM are just <laughs> rendered useless now, dude? Yeah, like... If, I can't get those if, pages back, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah, some some dudes I got just through email, like Marlon Asher, perfect segue. So um, I had a hell of a time finding a lead vocalist uh, for this song. And I'm glad I finally found a Marlon because it, I think he ended up being such a great fit. But like... For someone like him, I've, I've never met. I never met Marlon. He's from Trinidad. He doesn't even live in this country. Um, so I messaged his Facebook page and I was like, sent the demo, and I already had green, and I think I had drums at that point. So it was a pretty, pretty polished demo. Like you know, not just some you know crappy voice note recording. So yeah, it definitely he helps, just, right? Yeah, definitely. So <laughs> he he, um, he gave me his manager's info, and then so I coordinated through his manager so every, Dude, I mean, every, real quick different. it's always so scary when you get the manager's info because you're like oh it's going so well this is gonna happen and then they're like <laughs> oh shit talk to my manager it's like that's like yeah. my my worst nightmare doing this podcast <laughs> the fucking guess because is, is emailing managers uh no when when they send you to their manager because then oh, it goes from right, like right. a surefire thing to like a 50 50 and then the more that time goes by the scale tips <laughs> in the wrong direction right I, I and, mean, and yeah. you hope that by the time you send the email that they've already told their manager to expect it instead of like a, hey i was just talking to your artist about this and they're like you be talking to who about what? Who are you? Yeah, yeah. Like we're yeah. We're, uh, <laughs> we're chatting with uh, K Bong uh, sooner than later on the pod, and uh, thankfully, Sweet. he kept it out of the manager's control. He he has a manager, obviously, but he was like, "Yeah, no, we're just uh, I'm just busy right now." But bear with me, and he was like, you know, pester me through email. So super nice guy, and and so that that one will happen. And, Stay uh, tuned. There's a right. there's a lot that don't happen because you get that manager email, dude. So you, you, it seems like you're able to uh, combat that a little better than me, though. So what's the trick? what's the yeah i mean um I, I i agree with you i think the more people that are involved in the process the harder it becomes to actually execute anything which is i think helps um being solo because um people are just dealing with me i'm i'm the beginning and end of it and i feel like when you're in a band i don't know i just feel like people have been more open to working with me i think because it's just me and like if I build a rapport with them or come off like professional and like, you know, it's a very simple, straightforward process, not as many personalities involved. I think like people are more receptive to it. I don't know. It could just be me. I don't know. It's just a hunch I have. So maybe, maybe it's know. the name. <laughs> yeah, dude, back to the beginning of the conversation, you get man. E you, you get really... an email from Wes Anderson. You're like, oh shit, I need to open this email. I mean, look yeah. at what you're doing right now and not leaning into that. Imagine what next year will be like if you really embrace it, bro. <laughs> that's a great. That's a great outlook. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no doubt. But um, luckily, Marlon's Asher was like really professional and easy to work with. So you know, you never know what you're gonna get with the when you're crop. You know, working with people you don't know personally or haven't worked with before. But you know, just always keeping it professional every every interaction and um, have a good demo. Be professional, quick responses. Um, and I, I'd be remiss to say if like. I didn't compensate if I didn't mention that I do like work out compensation for most of the people um, just because they are giving me work and I, you know, feel like it'd be wrong not to do that. But some people do it for free. Some people do the homie rate. Other 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 artists have like kind of a set guest fee, but um, it's all it's all part of it. Like no matter you could have five thousand dollars to give someone for a song but if you have a crap demo and you come off like a douchebag or you're not professional like it's still not gonna happen you know what i mean so mm -hmm. it's well, just a combination of a lot of factors and you got to try to just be on top of it every every step of the way 
Well, it would seem like you're pretty on top of it because that song is pretty fire. Yeah, thank you, man. And, and you know, dude, I got to say, I appreciate the honesty um, because, you know, I'm sure everyone's like, oh, this guy has a lot of friends. Like, they, they must do just, like, you know, hook him up for free. And, like, yes, you, you get the homie rate. But at the end of the day, like, people are trying to do their own careers. And right, especially sort of like the more the more of the world you come from, like, it's it's entirely independent owned bands uh who own their own labels who you know own their own podcasts in the case of howie and so like they they sort of they're doing everything themselves and to take time away from that even for a second mm-hmm. that that's that's like their income it's not time, anyone else time is so, money as well so, so i appreciate i appreciate the honesty and uh i think that maybe that helps you you know your your honesty and i think people listening to this podcast who who don't know you i mean to me that really resonated with me because that that's not something you you didn't have to pull the curtain back that far you know what i'm saying yeah and, and when listening to the music as well i sort of I feel all of your influences getting to know you and throughout this conversation and, and like I, f- I feel all the different influences I feel your background it, it it all comes from like a very true place and so I guess I think I gotta say that's like probably a testament to how long you've been doing this yeah I, I appreciate you saying that and it's cool that like you, you get it um but, yeah, man, yeah. we've been in the fight for a minute, man. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm right there with you just in a different yeah, side I mean, of things there's really there's really no shame in my game man like I'm at a point in my life where I'm in my thirties and I'm still trying to do this. And like, I think in any industry it's true, but especially music, like you get what you pay for, man. So like, if you want to work with top tier people, you gotta, you gotta be ready to, to do that. And if that means a budget, if that means having a really top quality demo with good production, you know, whatever it takes, you just really have to put your best foot forward at every step of the way. And it's like, you know, that's just the name of the game. Yeah. And I know you've seen it. Uh, we've we've definitely seen it um you know especially you being in in three different scenes now navigating and writing there's always that local band who has the most incredible songs the most incredible live performance but their recordings sound like a tin can for a lack of a better word and And that's that's being nice yeah and they're taking everything so seriously except for the fact that you you have to sometimes invest in yourself more than just time more than just you know practice and rehearsal there there is a monetary level of uh, investment that needs to come from your own personal pocket to see success. Yep. And, you know, dividends yep. for the, dividends. The bitter end of the uh, the industry. Yeah. No. I mean, I think that's where like the younger bands uh, are short sighted, um, which is understandable because a they probably don't even have much money to even consider investing in themselves. But like, you know, I still work full time. You know, I have a job. In I, ideally that you know I'll, I'll be able to tour more or make more money from merch sales or, or record sales or whatever. But like. You know, just like just like in any like entrepreneurial type of startup idea, like you got to have a budget, you know, what are you willing to invest? And if you don't have the answers to those questions and um, you need to go back to the drawing board or or figure out what does work for you and, you know, mm-hmm. what you can do within your means and, and then, you know, sort of move forward accordingly. Yeah. And sometimes it's not even money that you need to invest. It's just time yeah, and yeah. resources Absolutely. and allocate mental space even oh mental space is huge especially when you've been doing it for as long as us let alone as long as you i'm sure that becomes even more true yeah quite a hot commodity the space up in your brain Mm -hmm. oh absolutely and yeah exactly if that just means you gotta like you know make sure you take time off to just do a vacation and get away and relax or just to practice your instrument more so you just write better songs like it could be as simple as that like absolutely and you strike me as the kind of guy whose job is solely a means to an end right now to support your musical career, right? I'm sure there's flexibility with it and, and sort of like uh, an understanding that like you're, you're doing this job for the music. Am I correct in saying that? Or? Yeah, yeah. Like I, I have a really good situation that I've worked very hard for. Like I, I, it's like a, you know, it's a, it's a job, but like um, it's kind of like a startup type environment. And I was like started my own business doing marketing and stuff before that. So um, it's very related to like how I market my music and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I, I like for me at, in my 30s, I need balance. Like I'm not trying to live with five strangers in some ghetto house so I can just pay the bills and focus on music full time. Like I'd rather have a steady, steady job or, or at least steady and, and flexible enough to not hinder my growth as a musician, but also live comfortably and be able to put out a quality product and, and really just kind of have something to be proud of. I'm sorry. I didn't know you met Andrew before. 
Yeah, as someone who lives <laughs> in a rundown house with strangers, you I take a major offense picture. to that. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, no, well, I kidding. say that because I've I've been there, man. Like when I when we were when and I was in my old band, like touring more nationally, like. I was freaking delivering pizzas at Domino's in between tours because that was the only thing flexible mm, enough. When I was with strangers and setting up rat traps in ghetto Baltimore, and like I've I've been there. <laughs> Andrews had literally one of everything on the Domino's menu, and then some. Probably at least. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. I mean, when you're living in this house with uh, with the guys, you know that's pizza's a big thing. But uh, yeah. so so once you left corporate America, that was it. Music is you had to put it in the back in the back burner. You have your degree; it's always there if worst worst comes to worst. But but you're not even you're not even worried about the backup plan. It seems, huh? You're just you're just full steam ahead on this this project. Yeah, you're like like I just like I I'm fortunate that I have a good situation where I can kind of just push forward on all cylinders. And you know, I, obviously I have like goals and like overall like what I want to do with my life type of thoughts, but um. I think with this new stuff, I'm just enjoying like still having skin in the game and still doing it and still growing and like seeing that like people are actually noticing and listening. Um, So, you know, I guess I've accepted that if I like it's also just about having fun in the present and and not letting the long term goals really like bear you down too much. Mm -hmm. So got to enjoy the small steps, right? Yeah. Whereas like doing the band stuff when you're like touring and I'm sure you guys experience this with your own thing it's just like when are we getting the agent when when's the break because like we're all like starving here and like we're sick of playing like shitty bar gigs every weekend to a bunch of drunks that want to play freebird like you know are you in our band <laughs> how did you know that um so it's, better it's, yet when does that stop i mean we're, yeah, we're kind of just coming out of it so so when did that when did that phase end for you i want to see if we line up on this one or not uh it just ended when i left the band to be honest okay all right um, so yeah it's a thing being in a band i guess that's just what being in a band is especially yeah, as you get older there's, there's nothing wrong with that because those bar gigs are what what pay pays the band's bills you know what i mean if you get you Dude, know you know us yeah and it's just, <laughs> it's just you just gotta like you know, hopefully as time goes on, those gigs start slowing down as bigger club shows start picking up and then eventually you make that transition. But it's a grind, dude. It's such a grind. And like you're putting your heart and soul out to these people that are like not even paying attention or just want covers. Like I've had people in the middle of me playing a song ask me where the bathroom is or like step over my pedal board and just like hit a, hit a pedal. And I'm just now I'm playing clean. And I don't want mm-hmm. to. <laughs> I'm not supposed to be cool. You're like, well, now this is a totally different song, thanks to you. That is so yeah. true. I mean, I say it all the time on the podcast. Uh, the only reason I, I be joined or formed the stash with these guys uh, is because I was the guy who was burned from being in a band that uh, did some things and then quickly, uh, as, as soon as we did some things, quickly fell apart. And so I was like the guy with the acoustic guitar playing songs and I was sick of people talking over me and, and being rude. And we have this we had this pizza place in our town um, called My Place Pizza, rest in peace. Rip. And... Uh, you had to walk by the stage to go to the bathroom. And right. so during the acoustic performances, it was like uh, a bowling alley. People were coming and going. But of course, during the band performances, no one, you know, they waited. So you just kind of, it's, it's tough to be the guy with the acoustic guitar at shows. So, uh, it's, it's honestly, even besides just the acoustic guitar, sometimes it's tough to just be the only person on stage. Right. Because everyone's just like, right, this guy's got a message to give me quickly, and then he's probably getting off the stage. And then you keep looking yeah. like, why is he still on stage? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, ab- absolutely. Like, you know, this is me saying this from a guitarist perspective, where I don't have to talk or, like, actually interact with these people. So I, kudos to the, the you guys and, and the other vocalists that, uh, you know, are, are putting themselves out there and putting them on the line and having to, having to really be the, the voice of, of the group. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's it's the cross I chose to bear. <laughs> and with that being said, being a, being a Chicago guy, sometimes you guys die on the wrong hill, and I, I mean that in the term of pizza. So, like, being that you've uh, lived uh-oh. in a before... wait, we told him we weren't going to get into any controversial topics. Oh, true, this is true. <laughs> hey, man, I hope we didn't breach your uh, your NDA or whatever you had us sign, which is weird because you're on our show. But, <laughs> but um, with that being said, man, you've lived in a few different places. And obviously, you know, it, through touring, New York is the best pizza, right? <laughs> um, I don't know if I've had, like, super authentic New York pizza. So, actually, I'll be Safe up there answer. this weekend. 
I'm going to be there this weekend, so I will definitely make a point to, to hit something legit. Listen. Okay, where are you going to be? Manhattan or hold on, hold on. It do, first of all, as long as it says dollar slice, that's you what I was almost say. can't go wrong. But if he's in okay. Brooklyn, there ain't as many of those. No, yeah, of course. So that's why I was asking like where he is going to be. He said the knitting factory. Okay, so Brooklyn, yeah. Um, Your best bet is to uh, uh, hashtag trust a local. That's true. Okay. You, you know? definitely ask a local. Or but they got to look get super there, hipster is the thing. If you, <laughs> well, not, <laughs> not too hipster, though, because then they're going to yeah. send you to some vegan place with cauliflower like, crust. Like one scarf, not two. Yeah. Is, is how I yes. say you're going to get the best cheese to, <laughs> to uh, dough to crust no, no, ratio. No, but also, if you just get there early and go to Manhattan, there will be a lot other. There will be a lot more options there. True. Okay. That is true. But uh, so, so, like, where is your best pizza experience then? It's a thinker, well, I know. Okay, it, I, I actually that's easy. Um, it's at Ooh. it's at my college campus. Um, this place called Courtside Pizza in Athens. I went to school at Athens, Ohio, uh, at U- Ohio University. What? Ohio? My junior, year, my junior year, I lived above above this bar slash pizzeria, Courtside Pizza. They had uh, was it like fifty cent slice night every Monday or something, and it was just like that's huge. Yeah, massive. <laughs> Um, yeah, Courtside Pizza, Athens, Ohio, that, that's easily my favorite. Amazing. Wow. Hell yeah, dude. And with that being said... Big ups to Ohio. Big ups to yeah. Ohio on that one. With that being said, uh, we have one set question we'd like to ask everyone before we wrap it up here. And sure. uh, So basically, the question is, and uh, don't worry, we can edit if there is a, a long pause in between, as I, I mostly always have to do. Um, if you had to describe yourself as an artist, you know, being a creator... What would one word be that comes to mind? And then, of course, you can elaborate on it. But we we really find there's like a strength in in the one word that people choose, and then it sort of really like ends up articulating the conversation perfectly. So, do you have a word that comes to uh, to your brain when I ask that question? To you, um, since you asked that question very well, I actually do have a word now. When you first started asking, like, oh fuck, what am I going to say? But um, I would say uh, resilient. Um, because of, you know, this, this solo project is sort of the fourth incarnation of my musical endeavors and, you know, between three bands and now this. So yeah, this will be my fourth like iteration, if that's the right word of how I'm like pursuing my music. So it's not easy to, to do, especially as you get older and especially now that you're all on your own because all the pressure is on you now. So Yeah. I would say just being able to in this I'm I'm not anything super uncommon like every band or every like life or musician like you guys who's just going to be playing music no matter what like you're going to go it's it's very rare that you're you just have the same band or the same group like your whole career and and for those that do that's like a rarity and it's it's something to be treasured but most of us out here don't have that so you got to be able to uh, be resilient. You have to know like how you're going to move forward or pick up the pieces when something that you gave everything for crumbles right in front of your face and you're left with nothing. Like how are you bouncing back? And um, there's always a way. You just got to figure that out, though. Well, I want to clap, but that's that makes for really bad podcasting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that was that was definitely like top 300 answers we've ever gotten. Yeah, and then also top three, probably oh. probably number one, <laughs> probably top three, but like easily top 300. Amazing, man. I think that you couldn't have given a better answer to that question also, if you tried. So thank you was, so much for being so honest and open. Also, the fact that that was probably the quickest answer we've gotten is just, you've set the bar very high. Very high. <laughs> well, Wes, thank man, you, what can I say, dude? This was something we were, like we said, we were going to get around to, but I'm glad it happened when it did, sooner oh, yeah. than sooner than expected. It was I a pleasure. A yeah, I had a great time chatting with you, getting to know you. It was it was uh it's great to meet you man and uh hopefully our our paths cross again you know and and before we let you go here speaking of paths crossing again i'm sure people would love to know where they can uh, follow you and keep up to date with all that you do so why don't you so uh, that you can all cross paths we can all cross paths on the the thing we like to call the interweb so uh why don't you let the people know where they can find you and then what they can expect going into the new decade before we uh yeah um yeah well first of all i just want to say thanks again for you guys to you guys for having me um it's it's what what i'm doing like i said it's not totally unique but like i think it's different than maybe most of the guests you have so i think having an outlet like your guys's podcast 
is super helpful in sort of like conveying like what I'm about, what I'm doing. So just a quick thank you for that. But um, uh, yeah, um, yeah, WesAndersonMusic.com is my my website. Songs by Wes on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, I should say I am on YouTube, and I actually low key have a lot of content. I don't post anywhere that I hope people find one day. But uh, you have to search my name and either my song title or like a play YouTube playlist I have because. If you search my name, you're gonna get. I'm buried in uh, the director's results for like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, if like, you see the anything, problem with movies is that people love to analyze them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. if you see anything yeah, they, with Isles of Dogs, you've gone too far. Yeah, even like Way even too if far. you search Wes Anderson music, which is a pretty relevant search query, um, you're still uh, you're still gonna be scrolling for. You're, you're still getting the theme from Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah, exactly. YouTube, exactly. My, you know what? You're lucky that you don't have to tackle YouTube anymore unless you want to. It's not uh, 2008 no more. So True. Or true, I guess true. 2009, um, as Mac Miller said, would probably have been better, but I digress. True, true. Um, so, yeah, uh, all of the major platforms and streaming services. And then 2020, um, uh, I'll, I'll be putting out new singles, still playing more shows. So it's just more of the same, but hopefully uh, bigger and better. I have a... I will say this, if people have made it this far, then I'll get drop this little nugget. Um, my next single, 2020, is almost done already, but I got Ted uh, from Pacifier on vocals, and I just nice. got them like, uh, a week or two ago, and they're freaking fire. It's, it's, uh, I'm so excited. You got it's me like excited. A, yeah, it's like a metal reggae song, so it's uh, another new genre I'm trying to like fuse together, and um, I'll be sure to send it to you guys, but yeah. More more music, more shows in 2020. Well, I guess if you're going to get a, a singer to be on a reggae slash any other kind of genre song, it'd be someone from Pacifier because their band is crazy like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you'll understand it when you hear hear the song of why why he's perfect for it. Hell yeah, yeah. man. And, and, and speaking of perfect songs, uh, we're about to play you, or leave you with, rather, a song called Keep Them Talking by Wes Anderson, right here on Talking with Andrew and Chris. Wes, thanks again for being a part of our show, man. Thanks, man. My pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Any time we chat, we bang bang bang. Mount up your throat, it can't bruise. I'm a 